0: Welcome to Green Pastures Broadcast with Bishop James Hansen Saki, presiding bishop of Christ Church Group of Churches located in the United Kingdom, Switzerland, Ghana and USA. How to wait on God? Remember on Sunday I was teaching you about persistent Consistent prayer. If our prayer will work, if we will learn how to pray well, we have to understand that the promises of God are brought into manifestation through persistent and consistent prayer. So, if we talk about persistent and consistent prayer, we are talking about the fact that the prayer must be persistent and then it must be consistent. So, in other words, if I'm asking God for a pair of shoes, every day as I ask him for a pair of shoes, I'm actually being persistent in the request. I'm not changing the subject. I'm not changing my request. My request is the same. That means I'm persisting in that request. And then the prayer must also be consistent. That means that I'm doing that every day. Every day, if I decide that I'm committing one hour to the same prayer topic, what I'm doing is that the prayer topic is persistent. I'm persisting in the same prayer, and I'm consistent in my request and my timing. Every day, I'm coming for the same prayer topic over and over, and that is how prayers are answered. Shout amen. Now, when we also learn to pray, we have to understand that one of the ways to pray effectively is to learn to wait on God. Somebody shout, wait on God. Now, when we say wait on God, it means to spend time in prayer in the presence of God for several hours. Take note of the words I'm using here. To wait on God is to spend time with God in prayer for several hours. So there is there's the element of several hours. A lot of people don't believe or don't like to pray for several hours, but I want you to know that praying for several hours is the biblical and right way of praying. It's especially in waiting on God, you must learn to pray for several hours. If, you, if we all have to be used by God, I want you to know that the work of God is the work of God, and it can only be done with the power of God, and the power of God to do the work of God can be acquired or procured in the place of consistent, persistent, several hours of waiting before the Lord, waiting on the Lord. So you must learn how to wait on God. You must learn the art of waiting on God. Somebody shout waiting on God. Now the other word for waiting is the word tarry, T-A-R-R-Y. To tarry is the same as to wait So when the Bible talks about wait on the Lord, it's not talking about sit down and fold your arms and I'm waiting as if I'm waiting for the train. Actually, you are supposed to spend several hours in prayer before God. And the key is several hours. We must learn the skill and the art and science of several hours of prayer. That is how you receive power. That's how you receive the anointing. That's how God is able to use you for the work of God. Shout Amen. So the Bible gives us examples of this. And one of the critical examples we are going to learn from today is our Lord and Master himself, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he is our, a perfect example of how to effectively pray through persistent and consistent waiting on the Lord. Amen. And Jesus' prayer life teaches us that the turning point for your life and ministry is determined in the place of several hours of the personal and private times you have with the Lord. Personal and private time you have with the Lord. Several hours. Receive grace to wait for several hours. In Jesus' name. And why should we wait for several hours? Why should we pray for several hours? Proverbs 23:29 to 30 is my opening scripture for the teaching tonight. Proverbs chapter 23. Verse 29 to 30. There's a very good analogy there that will teach us how this operates. Waiting, waiting, waiting on the Lord. Several hours. Proverbs 23, 29 to 30. It says, Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has contentions? Who has complaints? Who has wounds without cause? Who has redness of eyes? Those who tarry long or linger long or wait long at the wine shop. Those that wait at the wine. Those who go in search of mixed wine. They, their eyes are red. <laughs> they get some strange things. And so, wine changes if we wait on wine when you wait at the wine for a long time if you've been drinking wine and being at the wine spot and the alcohol spot for a long time you've been there since 5 o'clock and 10pm you are still there you'll find out that certain changes begin to happen to you the longer you stay at the wine you begin to see the full effect of the wine isn't it (laughs) Wine changes those who tarry long at it. We are also affected in the same way as we stay longer and longer in the presence of the Lord, it affects us. As we stay longer and longer in the presence of the Lord. Remember that one of the symbols used of the Holy Spirit is wine. We are told to not to be drunk with the physical wine that we have, the alcohol. But rather to be drunk with the Holy Ghost. The longer you stay in the presence of the Lord, the full effect of the Lord comes upon you, the full nature of God, the full power of God, the anointing of God wraps over you, the spirit of God is able to take you over, the longer you stay in the presence of of God, the same way when people stay long with the wine, things happen to them, they behave in strange ways, that's why it says those who have got woe, they have sorrow, they have contentions, they have complaints, they, they have wounds without cause, Wounds without cause. When it says wounds without cause, we know what caused the wounds. But when they wake up from the alcohol effect, they don't know how come that they had some pain and some... <laughs> they've got some blisters or they're falling down into some manhole and some things, you know. And they wake up with all kinds of things. They, that is, it just looks like, how did this happen? Because he has been waiting on the wine for a long time. So the wine has had full effect on them. In the same way when we wait on the Lord, the Lord will have full effect on us. The next thing that happens to those that tarry long at the wine is that your eyes become red. And you start to see things differently. They see things differently. That's why they are able to fall by the roadside and sleep there. Because they think it is a bed. They have strange visions. In the same way, the longer we stay in the presence of the Lord, we also begin to see things differently. We behave strangely from what other people who have not encountered God experience. So we see visions. We see things that others don't see. We begin to receive all kinds of revelations and insights. We are able to hear God when others can't hear God. The more we stay in the presence of the Lord, we see things differently. And the other thing is that, you see, the Bible describes the church as the bride. And Jesus Christ is the bridegroom. The longer you stay with the bridegroom, the higher possibility that you become pregnant. Are you here? And so as we stay with the bridegroom, we become impregnated with visions. To give birth to greater things. To give birth to bigger things. To give birth to visions others have been seen. To give birth to things that no one, we ourselves will be surprised that we are carrying such a thing. You are carrying another thing. You are carrying power. You are carrying visions. You you, you get you get impregnated with divine ideas and supernatural strength to do the work of God. You are able to accomplish things for God because you receive power to accomplish things. Glory be to Jesus. So just as people... Learn to stay longer and longer at the wine bar. We must also learn to stay longer and longer in His presence. And if this becomes a daily, consistent affair, you begin to walk in levels of power that you have never known before. And you are able to do the work of the Lord so effectively, it appears effortlessly, until someone tries to do it, then they realize that it has not been by might, nor by power, but it has been by my spirit. And the way it is by my spirit is by tarrying long in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we have to learn to experience this so that we can experience the full effect of God's presence. The other thing is that the Bible also says that in Isaiah chapter forty chapter 40 verse 29 it says that they that wait upon the lord shall renew their strength hallelujah but especially in verse 31 of isaiah 40 it says but they that wait upon the lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up with wings as eagles they shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not faint they that wait on the lord When we wait on the Lord, now we understand what it means to wait on the Lord. Several hours, something begins to happen. Strength comes to you. Supernatural strength. You'll be able to have service every day without stopping. And you wonder what's going on here. It is, you are running and not getting tired. You are able to do the work of the Lord with power and strength and you are not getting tired. You are able to sing for hours. You are able to minister to people for hours. You are able to go on service of God, evangelism, missions, doing things, combining so many things at the same time. And people wonder, how do you do it? It is the might of the Lord. They that wait on the Lord, they shall renew their strength. The more we wait on the Lord, our own strength is taken away, and the Lord gives us His strength in exchange. And that is one, the, the fourth reason why we must wait on the Lord several hours in prayer. Hallelujah! Several hours in prayer. Look at Luke 22. So, I'm just giving you the advantages, then I'll tell you how, how to do it. I'll just give you two, two ways, then I'll end the service in Jesus' name. Luke 22:43 to 46. We will look at 43 and just look at 44. So just take us straight to 43. Luke 22, 43. And look look 22, 44. 43, 44. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. This was Jesus Christ praying in Gethsemane. Three hours. Three hours. You see several hours? Three hours. Three hours of prayer, and the Bible says an angel of the Lord was sent. This angel would have been a special angel. He has, he has what it takes to strengthen the Son of God. Have you thought about that? I, I've, I, I, sometimes I struggle with it, but an angel was sent from heaven to strengthen him. And the Bible says when he received strength, the Bible says, and being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood. He prayed more earnestly. An angel of the Lord was sent. You see, as he was praying three hours of prayer, an angel of the Lord was sent to strengthen him. That means God was interested in this type of prayer. Consistent prayers. Several hours of prayer. I pray for you this evening that God would deliver you from laziness and from excuses that have been robbing you of your real power. There are greater things in God. Isaiah says that there is no search, there is no end to the search of his knowledge and understanding. There are deeper things in God and it takes consistent waiting on the Lord. As we wait on the Lord and we wait and we pray for several hours, we receive an impartation from God. We receive An outpouring of his presence. He begins to influence us. He envelopes us in that place. Things begin to happen in our spirit. We begin to receive fresh revelations. Fresh understanding. We receive a revelation in our knowledge of God. And it produces a revolution in our service of God. You see because no one can really do God's work and do God's will and actually accomplish the visions of God for your life without the strength of God, without the strength of God. So you receive strength to accomplish things for God. It was the turning point for Jesus. Gethsemane was his turning point. It was there he received strength to fully accomplish the work of God and it was as a result of three hours of prayer. Three hours of prayer. There he said, not my will, but your will be done. And he prayed for several hours on one prayer topic. And the Bible says that he received strength to be able to go to the cross and finish the work. You can never finish God's work. You can never accomplish much for God. You can never do more for God without a waiting life. Your personal life. The the, the turning point you are looking for in your personal life will come from a time you dedicate for the service of God by waiting on God. And throughout the scriptures we see it in Acts 13 we are told that the pastors in the early church in Antioch they waited on God. And as they fasted and prayed for several hours the Holy Spirit spoke and said separate to me Paul and Barnabas. The longer we wait on God, the more we see the power of God. Sometimes you see it in our services. When we are fasting and praying, you realize that when we are prayed for a long time, then we begin to see movements in the spirit. We begin to see ministrations. We begin to see power of God. We see people falling and all of that. Don't you see that it doesn't start at the start of the service? It comes somewhere towards the end. The longer we stay. The longer we stay, then your eyes begin to be opened. Then you begin to experience the presence of God. The anointing builds over time. And I pray that you will learn this skill today. In Jesus' name, intimacy with the bridegroom is the key. And every church that intends to grow must have regular waitings, regular retreats. If our church will grow, we will need to make ourselves available for regular retreats, regular camp meetings. We are not going to jump. We are going to pray for hours. We must be able to have gatherings where we are praying like we used to do when we are Destiny We used to pray for 10 hours. We come on a Saturday and pray for hours and you begin to see movements. After a long time, as this builds over time, all tests are torn down. Satanic powers are brought down. There is a release of captives. There is growth. There are so many things that is supposed to happen. But the people of God must learn to overcome the temptation of being lazy. And rise to the occasion and offer themselves for hours and hours of prayer. And it must be daily. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. Amen. So from this evening, we are are banishing all excuses and all satanic distractions. Anything that will distract you from waiting on God, you need to look at it as an enemy to your progress, to your spiritual progress. Because it's not easy. We are living in a very dangerous world, which is infested with all kinds of demonic activities. That's why when you are waiting on God, you must be able to switch certain things off to have that regular pattern. Amen. Now, how do we wait on God? How? I want to share with you a few things in Jesus' name. Glory be to Jesus. Because I found out that there's no man who is used greatly by God who has not interacted personally and deeply with the Lord. You cannot be used greatly by God until you have interacted personally and deeply with God. And if you interact deeply with God, you need to have a waiting life. You need to have a waiting life. You need to have a a waiting life. In Jesus' name, amen. Luke chapter 22, verse 39 to 46. The first thing to do is that it must become your custom. You must have a place to go. You must have a place where you do this. You must have a place. It must not be the most familiar place. It must not be the familiar environment because there are things in that environment that will distract you. That's why sometimes some people go into their closet, especially those in America, their houses have got closets. Instead of where you've got dresses and things, then somebody goes to hide there and prays there. Somewhere in your house, but at best, find a time where you can go out of the house and find some secluded place where you can cry to God for hours. Or you can enter the loft. See, that's why throughout the scriptures, you find out that God will call Moses and say, come up the mount. Remember, that man was a married man. His wife was with him and their children during the journey. And he's got so many things. But God could have spoken to him in the tabernacle or in the tent where he was sleeping. But God always says, come up the mount. Come out of the regular lifestyle because there are so many things that will distract you. God, the bridegroom, wants an uninterrupted, undisturbed concentration. He wants time with you alone so he can pour himself into you and you need to be separate from the usual surroundings. You need to intentionally switch that TV off, intentionally do anything that will make it not easy for you to switch that thing on. Be able to turn something off. Switch that phone off. Say, oh, let me put it on silent. No, if it's on silent, it will ring. Switch it off. Heaven requires your attention. The God we serve is, do you understand what it means to be having communication with the creator of the universe? You can't have any other thing distracting. It is when we get to that point that everything else doesn't matter. The communication with Jehovah is paramount to any other thing. Give it priority. That's when we begin to experience presence and power. We must give ourselves. It's a sacrificial thing to do. The Bible says in Luke 22, 39, And he came out and he went as was his custom. As he was accustomed to. It is his custom. That means it is his way of life. People, Jesus Christ is our example. We are following him right now. This is his way of life. And this is the example he's setting for us. One day, his disciples asked him to teach us how to pray. And I want you to follow him as he teaches us how to pray, especially how to wait. If God the Son came on earth and was spending hours in prayer... So as to fulfill the agenda of God for his life, I want you to understand the reason why you came to this earth cannot be fully accomplished until you have received strength from God to do so. And the way is Jesus' way. And Jesus' way is that it was his custom to go to the Mount of Olives. It was his custom. Not for fun, not to eat. As he was accustomed to, he and his disciples followed him. It was his custom. Consistently, he goes to the Mount of Olives, to a particular garden, to a particular place. You must have a particular place. It can be a particular place in the house. But it must not be your bed. Unless you have developed the skill of praying in the bed. Because the bed can be powerful. It can arrest you. It can can make you sleep nicely. And the devil can deceive you that God is about to give you a new vision. So keep on sleeping. Are you not tired? Just sleep. You have said a few prayers. One, two, three. Just sleep. 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 The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. And then you believe a lie that God is going to show himself to you. And then you sleep phenomenally. As he was accustomed and his disciples followed him. So it was his custom. A custom means that it's something you have done over and over. It has become a culture. It has become part of you. It's a regular way of life. It is your way of living. Jesus has a custom of actually going to a particular spot to pray there. Now look at it. And the Bible says the next verse. And when he was at the place, he said to them, pray. Have you seen it? What was his first statement? pray that means they came for prayer but it was his custom to get to that place and to pray that's why on the day judas betrayed him judas didn't need word of knowledge and revelation to know where they are he knew that his master always goes there so so long as he's in jerusalem i know where he is he has a spot he has a spot one of the interesting things about this is that the very place you pray over and over something happens to that place It becomes a very, very unusual place. There is an altar there. There is a presence there. Something is there. May God help you. He said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw. And he kneeled down and he himself prayed. And he said, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Have you seen him praying the same prayer topic he taught us? When in Luke 11, he was asked to teach his disciples how to pray. He said, when you pray, say that my father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Then he listed the prayer topic and he says, pray that your kingdom come and your will be done. And you find him here in Gethsemane praying and he says that your will be done. Not my will but your will be done. May we learn to wait on the Lord and the only prayer topic coming out is that not my will but your will be done. And when you pray your kingdom come, your will be done. I can tell you, you can pray that prayer for 10 hours and it starts moving into realms. It can move into your family that the will of God be done in your family and not the will of witches. It moves from there to your career, the will of God be done in your career and not any other thing. The will of God be done in your ministry. The will of God be done in the church. The will of God be done in the life of your husband. The will of God be done in the life of your children. The will of God everywhere. The will of God and it becomes deep. As you get deeper, the Lord begins to inspire some things and moves the prayer to another level. It's the same prayer topic but you are praying for hours on so many areas and that's where it gets to a certain level in the prayer where you don't know what you are saying anymore because the presence of God begins to engulf you and the anointing of God begins to take over and the Spirit of God begins to pray through you and the Bible says whilst we know not what to pray for us we all that's where you get to that level somewhere in the Holy of Holies type of prayer you are moving into the third dimension now and then the Spirit himself begins to pray through you with groanings that cannot be uttered and it gets to a point where nothing else matters anymore but that atmosphere that environment begins to influence the way you pray and you pray to a point where now you get to that point where it feels like some scriptures you have not thought about begins to just come up in your spirit. And that's where it feels as if some power has just come upon you and you start feeling like where is that devil now? Come here, I declare in the name of Jesus, you, have shall, you shall have no power over me. You begin to declare things, you begin to pronounce things, you begin to speak things and call things that be not as though they were. There are levels and it takes that level of prayer to get to that point. Somebody shout amen. He says, not my will, but your will, and there appeared an angel to him from heaven, strengthening him, and being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like great drops of blood falling to the ground. And when he rose from prayer, he came to his disciples, and he found them sleeping. So you must have a place, number one, to go, which is your custom, away from your regular environment. And the next thing is that he prayed for several hours. Hallelujah. And when you get there, you pray for several hours. When you separate yourself to pray, pray for several hours. Glory to Jesus. Matthew chapter 26. Matthew 26. So he had a spot. It was his custom. Matthew 26. The same scripture amplified. Amplified. Verse 38, maybe, let's take it from 36. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. So the purpose why he came is to pray. He asked them to also to pray. And he took with him Peter, James, and John, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. The other word watch is the same as wait, is the same as tarry. Watch with me. Watch with me. Now, then the Bible says that he went a little farther, fell on his face, and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, What? Could you not wait or watch with me for one hour? That means that he knew the time he went to, he started the prayer, and he came back after an hour to inquire, you couldn't pray one hour? I believe he's going to ask you the same question. What? Angela, can you not pray for one hour? Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You must rise up. In Jesus' name, you must come up higher. Then he came to the disciples and said, you couldn't wait, watch and pray. Otherwise, you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, a second time, he went away and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. Have you seen that, you know, this teaches us that you can pray your will be done for several hours. He went away and prayed, and he came and found them asleep again. For their eyes were heavy be delivered from the disease of the disciples in Jesus name so he left them and went away again and prayed the third time saying the same words is that in your Bible saying the same words his prayer topic was consistent and it was persistent he went regularly to the spot and he prayed the same prayer topic. It was a waiting three hours. Remember the first time he went away. He came back asked them could you not wait for an hour. The Bible says he went the second time. Came back and found them sleeping. And he went the third time. And that means that by the third time he returned, that would have been another hour. So three hours, three hours of prayer, long time in the presence of the Father, receiving strength, receiving energy, receiving power, receiving a rub of the oil, what it takes to accomplish the work on the cross, was secured at Gethsemane. It was a regular pattern of his life. It was a custom. So number one, you must have a custom. It must be customary for you To have a place where you pray regularly. And when you get to that point, to that place, just like Jesus, his first priority, as soon as they go, they say, pray. Say, pray. Shall we pray? Then he gave them the reason why they should pray. Then he went further and also started praying. So you must pray when you get to that spot. There must be a place where you pray every day. As a man of God, there must be a place where you pray every day. As a servant of God, as any minister, you must be able to have a time daily where you wait on God. Daily in God. And when you have got some shadows, you go away and pray. Or just, you can just stay out of the environment. There are many parks around. Get there and scream and shout and wait on the Lord for hours. Amen. Hallelujah. That's how we receive power. And whenever church organizes anything, make yourself available and come and build your stamina for prayer. Be part of it until we see growth. In Jesus' name. And when you get there, pray. That means that switch everything off. Everything must be switched off. The reason why there's power in the scriptures as we read about these people is that they didn't have mobile phones, they didn't have smartphones. Every now and then we are praying and we are checking. We're checking. Do you respect God? How do you expect to receive power? When your mind is distracted, Satan can do it effectively. He can give you a thousand and one reason. Listen, the world well will not burn. Switch that phone off and concentrate on God. Anything that is a distraction, switch it off. Turn it off. If, if you get tempted with the remote, remove the battery. If you want to pray in your living room, and that is the only spot you have, everything that is a distraction, switch it off. Take it from the mains. Take the batteries from the remote too. So that in case you attempt if you do it, it's not coming. You, you have a lot of work to do before you get anything on. So you can focus on God. Amen. And he says, are you not able to wait for an hour? Can you not pray my heartbeat for an hour? So the third thing you need to do, the third thing you need to do is that in praying for this number of hours, you need to actually set a target for the number of hours to pray. You cannot assume you have prayed an hour. It's a deception. You must intentionally set a target for prayer. That's how you begin to walk in the practicality. How did Jesus know that it was one hour? It is possible he has said something and he's able to. Many people, don't, you, must be, you must be very experienced in prayer to know that you have prayed at least an hour. You must be, otherwise, just start off from, set the clock. See, when we were young and we wanted to pray, I've told you that before. I believe that I, I'm going to pray for 15 minutes. 15 was the longest I thought I would be able to pray. And I locked up myself in a room and I prayed for what I believe was a long time. When I checked the clock, it was four minutes. Charlie, four minutes. I said, hey, when would I be able to pray for an hour? Because if I'm even struggling to pray 15 minutes, but it's consistency, consistency, gradually, as you were not willing to stop and you carried on praying, I realized that you get to that point where you now go beyond it. And I guess to a point where I could go alone to the woods back then in university and pray for hours in the gardens at the university. Pray for hours. All my Saturdays are spent there 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. You pray to the point where the handkerchief, you have used it to tie your eyes, tie your head, converse your eyes. So you are not looking at anything, you are praying. You are kabay and shabay. And you begin to receive unctions and revelations. It was one of those encounters. That the unction to the fact that you will be a pastor. And plant churches around the world. Was dropped into my spirit. By the Lord. It is several hours of waiting on God. Several hours. Several hours. Several hours. So set target for yourself. For the number of hours to pray. You must set the target. It must be intentional. Amen. And if you looked into the Bible, you'll find that it is the same. Jesus fasted, number one, he fasted and prayed for 40 days and 40 nights. And if you multiply 40 days by 24 hours, you get 960 hours. Luke chapter 4, verse 1. 960 hours he prayed. <laughs> he prayed. And he carried power. The Bible says he returned in the power of the Spirit. He prayed for 960 hours. Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit, was he returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Verse 2, and the Bible says being tempted for 40 days by the devil, he ate no food, he ate nothing, and afterward when he was hungry, the devil came to tempt him. He was there for 40 days, 40 days, 40 days. At nothing, praying, hours, 960 hours. Is Jesus our example? Hallelujah. Right. Look at the next example too. The next thing is that he prayed all night for 12 hours before he chose his disciples. Luke chapter 6 verse 12. He prayed all night, all night, all night. You as disciple of Jesus, Jesus prayed all night. When the scripture talks about night, He's talking about 6 p.m. to 6 a.m., 12 hours, hours. Have you seen Jesus praying hours? He prayed hours for hours, for hours. And it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer, To God, he went to pray and the prayer went on throughout the night. Sometimes you've got the freedom in your home. You can pray all night. There are some Fridays, we are not organizing church. We don't have church, but you have got your home. You've got your living room. Don't sleep. Don't just watch movies. The stake is very high than you are thinking. If you want to walk in power, you want to walk in some glorious revelations, you want to change something, you want to change a destiny, it is time that somewhere in the night you must be able to turn things off, resist the enemy, bind powers of darkness, bind the spirit of sleep, Bind the spirit of prayerlessness. Bind the spirit that will distract your attention. You are feeling sleepy, but you will turn on Netflix and watch for hours from series one to episode one, two, three, four, five. Finish that one. And all of them, it's several hours, several hours till daybreak and you wake up still flesh, more flesh. You need power. You need authority. You need the glory of the Lord. The Lord deliver you from the wrong priorities. And whilst you are busy watching that one, someone of the age as you who is a witch is on duty. The work of God can only be carried out with the power of God. So Jesus fasted and prayed ninety-six, 960 hours. He prayed all night, 12 hours before he chose disciples. Luke chapter 6 verse 12. And then the Bible says also that in Mark one thirty-five, he prayed for a great while before daybreak a great while before daybreak you're seeing different scenarios it's not the same story being told in different ways no this was his custom daily bible says jesus christ is the altar and finisher of our faith he's the one we look up to he's our best example and i'm presenting him to you tonight i'm presenting his example to you now in the morning having risen a long while what is your definition of a long while before daybreak A long while. See, that means it's not two minutes before daybreak. A long while. That that suggests some several hours. Throughout what I'm presenting to you, you find Jesus doesn't pray in minutes. His time of waiting is hours. Hours before the Lord. A long while before daylight, he went out, departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. He has another spot Near his house or in the place where he lives. Everywhere he is, he has a spot where he goes to pray. And this is Jesus' example for us. And I want us to rise to that point. I want you to desire this in Jesus' name. I want you to aspire to be like Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. If we are going to have a movement of God, we need a group of people who are willing to wait on God. Regularly we throw all the excuses away if you have a movement, if you have thousands of people in this church, it can only be born by a group of people ready to pray for hours that's how altars are torn down that's how the powers of darkness that have kept those who must be coming to this church that has kept them in captivity all the unbelievers, that's how you tear down the thing and suddenly people start seeing people come and say, what has happened to that church somebody has paid the price in prayer, hours if you are looking for anything from God, I'm telling you, three minutes, four minutes, you must be desperate. You must be desperate. And you must have a waiting life. You must wait on God. I don't know, but I'm speaking to someone tonight in the name of Jesus. Your Christianity must be upgraded a bit. Your Christian life needs some upgrade. It must fit into this mode in Jesus' name. This is what Peter understood when he said that we will continually give ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. We will give ourselves... That means I'll offer myself to the ministry of prayer. It must take hours. Last Sunday I was sharing with you that all the suddenlies were as a result of consistent, persistent prayers. That tells you for it to be consistent and persistent, that takes into consideration hours, hours. Some people prayed for seven days until an angel was sent from heaven to open the prison for Peter to come out. Some people paid the price. They could have all enjoyed Netflix. They could have been tired and yes, you see. Oh, pastor, you don't understand. You see. (laughs) I don't understand. And I will not understand. You will have to rise and pray. In Jesus' name. He prayed a great while. And then, finally, we have seen it already. He prayed for three hours in Gethsemane. So, in all of this, there is a spot. There is prayer. But prayer was prayed for several hours. Several hours. Several hours. In the name of Jesus. Tonight I pray for you that the Lord will help you. In Jesus' name. And one of the things to help you to pray for several hours is that as you time yourself, I told you, time yourself. You must start off at a time. I do that. Even up to today, I do it. There are times I may have forgotten, but I know when I'm praying. I know when I've hit one hour. I know. It's by experience. But don't try it. You start with your clock first. Start it and check. Amen. Pray for hours and carry on praying. It's it's very important because we must get to that point where the one hour mark, we hit it. Personally, not that when you have come to church. Because when you have done it, when you come to church, you realize that you you are are in full form. Because sometimes when we are having prayers, as I look at some of you, I realize that no, you are not fit to be taken to the AFCON. You can't go to the to the tournament, you are not qualified. <laughs> you must justify your inclusion. The devil is winning too much. The flesh is having the upper hand. You don't have a prayer life. You and you can't come and microwave it at an all-night prayer meeting. You must have it before we come. Are you here? Amen. You must be able to, you must be drunk before you get to the house. Now, those who used to go to the club. Sometimes they, take, they, they, they already started drinking before they get there. So when they get there, they're already high. <laughs> they are high already. <laughs> they are charged. When you meet them at the door, you realize that the alcoholic anointing is speaking. When they open their mouth, you fall under the power. <laughs> because when he opens his mouth, the thing that comes out of the mouth, you say, wow, man. <laughs> Sometimes when we have watch nights, You know, service on 31st December. Yeah, sometimes one or two people who come into the service, I could feel it. (laughs) They have been somewhere before they came to pass through to enter the new year. So as you get closer to lay hands, you realize that something is hitting something. (laughs) So they try to avoid you. (laughs) Glory be to Jesus. We must learn to set the time. But the other thing that you need is to create an atmosphere to enable your prayer. So you create a spiritual, what I would call, churchy atmosphere. Create an atmosphere for church. So let me share some of the things I have done before and I still do. is to play a very good gospel music in the background. Because it creates an atmosphere. There are too many. The the atmosphere is so contaminated with demonic stuff. Things are in the air. Things are all over. So you need to, to disinfect the environment. By playing some very good gospel music. Amen. An anointed music that creates an atmosphere for you to pray. And it's very powerful too because you see, silence is not very easy to overcome. Now have you observed whenever they say, let's have a one minute silence at all the ceremonies? Have you timed it? Most of the time it's not up to one minute. Because it's it's not very easy to be silent for one minute. Sometimes by the 30 seconds, you realize that they have broken the thing. People become uncomfortable. It's, the silence is deafening. So when you are praying alone without anything, sometimes it, it feels like the time has stopped and it's not moving. But when you play something, it's able to carry you along before you realize the whole track is finished. And then you realize that, no, I've gone around 50 minutes. Depending on what you are playing for several hours, you it to be able to play there are times also you can play your pastor's message and pray in the, in the midst of that. Because you know that, average. if you have been in this church for a very long time, you know that most of the time, he preaches 45, 50 minutes. When he's at his respectful best, he goes beyond an hour. But at least that, that helps you. Once the thing stops, you know that you have gone minutes but you pray in that atmosphere in that atmosphere you are able to pray you you are creating a spiritual environment already the the anointing under which your pastor is preaching is the same anointing that is captured in the tape that you are you are playing so when you play it in your room you create the same environment in the place it will move you to pray so many times i have prayed with both music or messages messages I was praying with some old message I preached in, in 2009. I was playing it over and over and over as I prayed. I prayed for several hours. So you have to learn to add those things. Add them into the picture. It helps you increase the right environment for you to be able to pray. Amen. Hallelujah. So add that to it and help the environment. As soon as you wake up, switch it on. Oh, you've got the Bible on CD. Play it out. And as that place, the word of God is being spoken into that environment. If the word is being spoken in a place for a long time, I'm wondering whether any other thing can be able to occupy the place. So your mind should be on that. And then you can also pray whilst this is playing. The, something, there's a certain level of prayer you pray whilst you are reading the scriptures. But you start from a point. But there are times you can be praying and still, especially when you are praying in tongues. It is good to pray in tongues for several hours. Amen. That's the next thing. Pray in tongues for several hours. And whilst you are praying in tongues, you can be reading. You can be reading especially the word of God. Because your understanding is not part of the prayer. Amen. Your understanding is not part of the prayer. I'm teaching you practical things and start putting it to work. You find that it gets to a point. You will feel someone is in the room with you. You will feel an atmosphere. You will feel the presence of God. It takes the prayer to a point. And sometimes, as you begin to pray, things begin to come out from the scriptures. It feels like you have a direct coach by you, showing you some things and take you there and take you there. And all that becomes becomes prayer points. And you begin to pray. And you begin to enjoy the presence of God. And the more you wait on God, the more you receive strength to pray for hours. Amen. Strength to pray for hours. 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 In Jesus' name, may the Lord help us. May the Lord help us. May the Lord help you. Lift your voice and begin to pray. In Jesus' mighty name, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. This has been a broadcast of Green Pastures with Bishop James Hansen Sackey of the Christ Church International Group of Churches located in the United Kingdom, Switzerland, Ghana, and USA. For further information, please contact us on telephone plus On the web, www.christchurches.org. Facebook, Christ Church International. Christ Church, changing lives, fulfilling destinies on the foundation of God's Word.